Welcome to the Daniel Yoris Podcast. Today, we're talking about progressive overload. Let's go. There is a story that's somewhat of a legend that is often used to teach and describe the principle of progressive overload. And that story is a story of Milo of Crotone. And he was a Olympic wrestler who won the Olympics a whole bunch of times in those ancient days. And he was known for his extreme strength. And, you know, there's all these kinds of legends of these extreme feats of strength that he performed for people and during the Olympics and all this stuff. Now, perhaps the most famous is that he was able to carry a full-grown bull on his shoulders, which, you know, I don't know how much a full-grown bull weighs, but I can imagine it's an immense amount of weight that probably a regular human could not do. And the reason that he was supposedly able to carry the bull is because from when he was a boy or a teenager, maybe, they had a baby bull and he was able to pick it up when it was a newborn baby. And then every day he carried the bull. As the bull grew, he continued to pick it up and carry it every single day. And as the bull grew bigger and heavier, Milo also grew stronger and was more capable of continuing to be able to carry the bull. And this is what progressive overload is. As the bull gets stronger, Milo's body changes to be able to continually adapt to be able to grow and get stronger to keep carrying the bull. Now, had he just been a regular guy and tried to lift up the full-grown bull, having never lifted a bull ever, probably wouldn't have been able to do it. But since he had been carrying the bull and getting stronger as the bull got heavier, he was able to actually complete the task according to the legend and the story, but the principle of the story remains true. Now, I ranted a little bit about this on Instagram a couple weeks ago, but for some reason, and I don't know why or how or what happened, but the influencers, the models on social media have somehow learned the word progressive overload and are using it in all the wrong ways. And it's almost hard to tell if they're just sort of incorrectly using the word to try and sell something, in which case, you know what, fine, marketing is marketing, or if they just genuinely don't understand the word. And the way that I'm seeing it used a lot is people are saying, oh, my workouts are now progressive overload workouts. And this workout is a progressive overload workout. And make sure you're doing progressive overload in your workout. And that just doesn't make any sense. If your workout's or your training program weren't previously using progressive overload, then they weren't doing anything at all. Because progressive overload is the underlying principle that determines all of training, and whether that's you getting bigger, stronger, leaner, faster, more endurance, whatever. It's the underlying principle that that determines everything else. So it's it's really impossible to say that this workout is progressive overload. All training programs include progressive overload. And if they don't, then they're just exercise. And you know what? Exercise is fine. Just for the sake of exercise, it's obviously a good thing. But if we're actually talking about training and making improvements and making changes, we must be implementing progressive overload. So I don't want to spend too much time being negative towards the influencers, but I just thought it was a good idea for myself to do my part, so to speak, to just sort of nip this in the butt before it becomes a really big deal in the online social media world. And so today we'll talk about what progressive overload is, how it works, and how you can use it in your training and exercise programs from here on out. So I've already said the word a couple times. Let's define it now so we can have a better understanding of what it means. And once we understand what it means, we can understand how to use it. Progressive overload is something that occurs over time, whereby you are incrementally increasing the demands placed upon your body 
in an effort to continue to stimulate change and adaptation. Now, use a couple of large words there that don't maybe make the definition the simplest, but what it means is in very simple terms, you're making stuff harder over time so that your body continues to change, get stronger, get bigger, get faster, whatever it is over time. A misconception of the way that I've seen it used lately is where progressive overload is happening within a single workout, and that's just not possible. So an example of something that I see is in the first set, you use 20 pounds, and then your second set of the exercise, you use 25 pounds, and the third set, you use 30 pounds. And they're calling this progressive overload. That is not progressive overload. That's simply working up to a heavier weight within a workout. That's not increasing demands or anything like that. So progressive overload happens over long periods of time, workout to workout, training phase to training phase, month to month, year to year, et cetera, et cetera. When we exercise, and this goes the same for whether you're lifting weights, whether you're running to be faster, whether you're running to have more endurance, like for a marathon or something like that, swimming, dancing, I don't know, whatever your form of exercise is, is applicable to all forms. So I will speak using terms of strength training and weightlifting just to keep things simple, but just know that this translates to every form of exercise. When you exercise, you are making demands of your body. Now, your body will respond to these demands by adapting itself to better be able to handle that stimulus or that demand. So if I lift 10 pounds today and it's quite difficult, and then I lift 10 pounds tomorrow, it gets a little bit easier, it gets lift 10 pounds the next day, it gets a little bit easier. My body is adapting to the stimulus of lifting that 10 pounds in that way. But what happens when my body becomes adapted to that stimulus? So I lift that 10 pounds in that same way for six months, just to be extreme. Now it's not really a challenge for my body. My body has created the necessary adaptations, whether that be increased muscle mass, increased force production, increased neurological drive, whatever you want to call it, my body is very well adapted to be able to perform that task. So it has no reason to continue to create adaptations because there's no signaling, there's no demand placed upon it to do so. Remember, force is the language of our cells. I cannot speak verbally to my bicep and say, grow, get stronger, get bigger, whatever. However, I can apply force through the use of movement, exercise, external loading, all these things, and my body can comprehend that force and then make the appropriate adjustments to be able to adapt and become more efficient given the signaling that it's receiving. So if lifting that 10 pounds originally was a sufficient stimulus to create change and now it is no longer a sufficient stimulus to create change, there has to be a way, if we want to continue creating change, which you do, there has to be enough of a stimulus in order to continue telling the body to do so. And so that can come in many ways. And this is where the progressive overloading comes in. Now you can increase the weight. What if you lift 15 pounds? Now that's creating or asking a greater demand of the body. So the body will have to adapt to the new stimulus to make it more efficient. And so that is better able to perform whatever it is you're asking it to perform. And then the same thing will happen. It will become very efficient or very good at performing X movement with 15 pounds. And so it will get to a point where it no longer needs to create any tissue adaptations to perform that movement. And then the movement must be increased in difficulty again. We move up to 20 pounds, we move up to 30 pounds, and then you know this kind of goes on forever and ever. Now keep in mind that this is just a, a massive oversimplification of all the things that are needed to do to become big, strong, fast, and all that. 
Obviously, it's not as simple as just lift 10 pounds today, 11 pounds tomorrow, 12 pounds the next day. If it was that simple, then, I mean, we'd all be walking around huge jack shows that are look like bodybuilders, but we don't because it's not that simple. There are a whole bunch of different factors, the way you sleep, the food you eat, the lifestyle you lead, how you work out, whatever, a million different factors. But underlying all of that is this principle of progressive overload. A really common question that I get from clients and mainly clients who are just starting out, beginners to exercise and working out is things are quite difficult at the beginning as it's all brand new and it's hard and it's heavy and it hurts. And people say, well, when does this get easier? When does it get easier? When you do it, it's easy. And the answer that I always say is it never gets easier. And in fact, it gets harder. And the principle of progressive overload is the reason that it gets harder. Sure, it's easy for me when I'm demonstrating how to do a bodyweight squat for a client when my maximum ability is quite a bit more than that. So yes, doing that bodyweight squat is easy, but that would produce no change for me. Whereas someone who's brand new will experience tons of benefits and that is a adequate amount of stimulus for them. But for me, someone who's more experienced, that would not be an adequate amount of stimulus to create any change. And in fact, it would just be doing nothing. And if I just did that, only that, I would probably actually regress. So it's all relative, right? If I do a bodyweight squat, that would be pretty easy. If I squat the amount of weight that I would be squatting, it is not easy at all. But for someone who is on their first day in the gym, it would be impossible to to do that. So that level of stimulus would break you. And the reason for that is because when load is greater than capacity of the joints in the body, that's when injury occurs. However, if you increase your capacity over time, increase your strength over time, then the ability to bear that load, of course, becomes greater. And then we get tissue adaptations that are advantageous rather than injury. So when someone's starting out and they say, how does it or when does it get easier? It literally never gets easier. You just have to keep making it more difficult so that you can keep experiencing benefits and changes and growth. Now, some aspects of it certainly do get easier. Just your familiarity with the gym, familiarity with exercises in general, and not thinking so much about how to do basic things because you understand how to do them now. So movement proficiency will improve. And this always changes and is always improving. So certain things will become easier, but the difficulty level of the workout actually never gets easier. And again, it just it just gets harder for forever. Now, this is a cool thing because when you look back on it, you look back on, you know, you say you've been training for three, four, five years. You look back to your first day of workouts and you would look at that workout and be like, this is barely even my warm up now. And this was a whole workout and I was huffing and puffing and I was sore for a week. How is this possible? Well, that's progressive overload. At the time, it was an adequate stimulus to create change. Since you have improved and your body has changed, now it's not nearly enough of a stimulus to create change, but you have this new ability to demand more of your body. And so you need to utilize that if you want to continue improving. So practically speaking, how do we actually utilize this and implement it into our current training and exercise program? Well, let's take one quick step backwards and understand all of the ways or many of the ways that progressive overload can actually be implemented. Increasing the amount of weight is the most straightforward, basic, and obvious one. And don't need to spend too much time on that. Lift heavier weight. You're utilizing progressive overload. You can also increase the number of reps that you're performing. So let's go back to our 10 pound example. Instead of moving up to 15 pounds for that exercise, say you did 10 reps of whatever exercise it was at 10 pounds. Next workout, 
maybe you do 11 reps. That's a greater demand on the body. That's progressive overload. Increased number of reps is one other way to do it. Another one is increased number of sets. Let's say you did three sets of 10. Well, next workout or next week or whatever, you're going to do four sets of 10. Increased volume, progressive overload. Another one is time under tension. Time under tension is self-explanatory again, exactly what it sounds like, the amount of time that the muscle is under tension during the exercise. I've spoken briefly about tempos and it's somewhat more of an advanced thing, hard to count on your own and utilize without a coach or trainer at, at times. But if you control the downward portion of a movement for three seconds for 10 reps on your next workout, maybe you control the downward motion for four seconds for 10 reps again. So you've increased one second per rep, so you've increased the time under tension by 10 seconds for the same exercise. Again, demanding more of the same muscle. Another way to utilize it is using less rest. If you rest for two minutes between your sets, the next workout, maybe you only rest a minute and a half or a minute 45. Using less rest gives the body less time to recover in between, creating a greater demand, therefore progressive overload. Another way to utilize it is by increasing the speed at which you do something. This is a little bit more athletically driven, but if you can do an exercise faster, more explosively, with more power at the same weight, that is progressive overload. If you increase the distance that you're doing something for, so if you're running, say you run one kilometer today, tomorrow you run 1.1 kilometers, or you're on the bike, you bike for a little bit longer, you push the sled for 10 extra steps, more distance, more demand, progressive overload. And the last one that I'll mention is increased proficiency of movement. Now, this is not something that you can strictly measure per se, but if you're getting better at the movement, if it feels better, sometimes when you do a new exercise, it feels off. It just doesn't feel right. And you know that it feels not right, but you can't figure out why. And then one day for some reason, it just clicks and you're like, oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. That felt good. That ability to perform the actual movement better, more proficiently is an improvement overall. Therefore, progressive overload is occurring. Now, the how and why of which to use is very dependent on your training goal. Obviously, if you are trying to increase your deadlift, you don't need to run farther. That has no correlation. So you can't just pick random things to get better at and have goals that don't correlate to that. These are just all different ways that we can increase the stimulus that we're using to achieve whatever goal it is that we're after. Having said that, whatever goal it is that you are after, each workout should be building towards something. So every workout, you're going to try and get one extra rep, one more pound, one more set, whatever it is that is conducive to your goal. And that's a whole other topic and ordeal. And I covered it a little bit in the programming stuff. But if you have more questions on that and how to think about things specifically for you, definitely reach out to me and happy to chat it out with you. But whole different episode and whole different concept. So I'll leave that alone for now. Anyways. Each workout, you should be looking to make some type of improvement. And that's why I like to include that increased proficiency as part of it, because it's unlikely that forever you're going to be able to increase one pound or a half a pound or one rep. But sometimes you just get better at the movement, and that is still an improvement overall. And so it's something that shouldn't be discounted, even though it's something that we can't necessarily measure. So in the very short term, each workout or from workout to workout, you're looking to make a small, tiny improvement at whatever it is that you're training towards. Now with a slightly longer period of time of outlook between training phase to training phase. So say you're changing your workouts every four to six weeks on average and you're progressing to something. There should be a progression to what you're training towards. 
you can just have haphazard workouts and just, oh, I want to do back squats this workout or this phase, front squats next one, box squats the next one, whatever, you know, do whatever you want. But if you are training correctly, and this is again, is where the advantage of having a coach comes in quite a bit to think about a little bit of a longer term plan. So each training phase, phase to phase should build upon what you just did. And it may not be the same exercise, but it's a similar movement pattern. And so each phase is leading into some greater progression for the next phase. And over a longer period of time, let's say year to year, you will have been utilizing the principles of this throughout all of your training. But looking back on the year, you can see that you were stronger or that you have improved in whatever capacity it is that you are trying to improve at by comparing to what you were doing last year, two years ago, three years ago, and whatnot. And over time, I mentioned this in the beginning, but you'll look back one day and be like, wow, I can't believe that used to be hard for me. This is my warm-up weight now. And this is a good thing. It's not something to be ashamed of that that used to be difficult for you. It's everyone's different, right? It's always just you versus you. Whatever you start at, someone else also started at that. And whatever weights that you're at right now or wherever it is that you are in your progression right now, somebody else, I guarantee you, is looking at you being like, wow, I wish that I was like her or I wish that I was like him. And you are allowed to you know, look ahead to the bigger guy or the stronger girl or whatever in the gym and say, I wish I was like them. But don't forget that someone is looking at you saying the same thing. So compare yourself just to what you used to be. Don't worry about what other people think about your numbers and and all that stuff. It literally doesn't matter. Unless you're a professional athlete, it makes no difference. It's just about you trying to improve yourself slightly over time. And that's all. So the the thing that I like about it, though, is being able to look back and say, hey, yeah, I've made a lot of progress because on the day to day, it's hard to really notice it. You don't notice a lot, but you look back on a workout and like, wow, I lift literally 100 pounds heavier than I used to lift. That's a significant increase. But if you look back last week, you're lifting one pound heavier. It's not that exciting, right? So the longer term is just a good thing to look back at and make sure that you are progressing. If you've been lifting the same amount of weight for five years, something's wrong. You're not doing something. If your goal is to be lifting heavier or whatever, if you're not actually making progress, then something needs to change because you've accomplished <laughs> you've accomplished nothing. And then this goes back to another thing that I like to preach about is just the importance of tracking your workouts. You don't need to have a detailed, extremely in-depth training log, but you should be roughly keeping track of your training over time. Another important benefit of tracking your workouts, aside from just the nostalgia of it, is that you can go back and look at your workouts and look at what your body looked like, what your body felt like at that time, and then go back and reperform that workout. You don't need to always do totally new workouts. Your workouts will go in phases of higher volume, higher weights, higher intensity, lower intensity, and it kind of just goes in this cycle over time. But reperforming the same workouts that you did a year ago, there's nothing wrong with that so long as you know your workout was proper and you make small tweaks to it as you go, but you know what your body looked like at that time. So if you want to get back to that, then redo that workout or redo that whole program that you were doing and you should experience the same or similar results because the stimulus just leads to the same thing. So having the ability to look back and say, oh, I liked what my body looked like there. I want to get back to that. Look up in your in your notes, say, this is the workout I was doing. Boom, go back to that, get the same results. So I think it's a good tool just to use for that as a, as a sort of journal and a way to get back to things that we like, and then you can tweak and make adjustments to it over time. Now, I know this sounds like a lot of work and probably some of you are thinking, well, I just don't really care that much. I kind of just want to go to the gym and work out totally fine. This obviously is one of the huge advantages of having a coach, someone who can think about these things for you and make a plan that has some progression to it 
and that looks out over time. And so it's intelligently done and intelligently planned out, and it leads to success over the long term. Progressive overload is something that is commonly attributed to strength training, but it's really something that's not that different than any other part of life that we want to improve at. If you think of something very simple like school, think about the amount of homework and class time and material you had to learn in grade one compared to what you learned in grade 12. Obviously, way more. The workload is harder and you're learning more and you're getting better. Because if you kept doing the amount of work that you did in grade one, you wouldn't get any smarter. You wouldn't learn anything new. And you know you can plug and play this to anything that you want. So your job, you don't get a promotion by doing the same amount of work or by doing less work. And when you do get a promotion, you don't get to work less. You work more and that's how you make more money. So you do more things, you increase the demands placed upon you and you get better results. And this literally applies to any skill, any part of our life. And so this is just another one of those really important connection pieces that I always think about in terms of how the gym is just a metaphor for the rest of our life and how going through a strength training phase and a whole gym transformation journey, whatever you want to call it, is just a way that we can learn about how to improve the rest of our life because that's really what this is all about. We're not professional athletes. We're not strong men, strong women, power lifters, whatever. So does lifting an extra five pounds really matter at the end of the day? No. Does getting stronger and being healthy matter? Yes. But we can use all these principles to to implement those things and to get the results that we want physically, psychologically, and with the rest of our life. Because if you understand that you need to lift a little heavier in the gym over time, then you can also understand that you need to study harder over time. You need to work harder at your job. You need to work harder at your relationship. You need to work harder at your house. So I don't know. Whatever, whatever it is that you're working towards outside of fitness, you have to understand that you need to do more things to keep getting more things. Because if you just do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And if you're okay with that, then I mean, you do you. But if you want more and you're ambitious and you want to get more things out of this life, then you need to understand that there has to be a progression to that because this is the way things are. We don't we don't make the rules. And so I think this is just one of the most obvious and clear connections between the gym and life that's just important to highlight and say out loud and recognize for all of us. I hope I was able to break this down in a simple enough way to understand. I think just thinking about the things that I've said, it's been a little bit repetitive, but that's because it's not strictly a very complex topic. However, it is nuanced. There are a lot of different ways to say it that maybe one of the ways that I said it spoke to you and one of the beginning ways didn't speak to you. So if you already understood what this was, I apologize for the <laughs> for the repetition, but it's an important thing to understand. And just the way that social media and all this stuff works, I see it coming up. I, I probably follow and I'm more in tuned to the fitness social media world than than you are most likely. And so I see it coming up and it's going to hit the rest of it soon. And so I want to just get ahead of this and do my part again in, in just doing the right thing for all of this. So I hope you found it helpful. If you have, definitely share this with a friend. If you are someone who follows the the influencers and you see this coming up and you're confused and, and whatnot, definitely share this with that friend who you know is just on every YouTube vlog and all that stuff. Um, if you have questions as to how you might be able to better implement this stuff into your training, how you can go about thinking about it, how you can use the different parameters of progressive overload for your own training, depending on what your goals are, definitely hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Daniel Yoris, just my name, and uh, I'm happy to help you there. And if you 
are looking for coaching to just help again with a more in-depth direction with all this, happy to jump on board with you for that as well. That would be fantastic. So thanks again for your time and attention as always. If you haven't been able to yet, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and leave a review and a rating on iTunes. If you have a second, I'll leave all the links for all these things in the show notes. And that's that. We'll chat soon. Take it easy.